Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Okay, well, this is the renaissance. We're going to talk about the, the literally the evolution of healthcare. Okay, and this is going to be on the uncensored portion. On the censored portion, we're going to be talking about a lot of facts and stats and on how we're going to actually take back the world. Now, the world is in incredible chaos, and we're going to break the religion of medicine. Okay, and we're going to talk about what the future is going to be. Now, um, we're all the censored stuff, since we are in a fascist regime, uh, it's going to be on Dr. B VIP, and this... Thank you, God bless you, for all those who are um, helping support us because we've been two years that you, uh, YouTube is demonetized and shadow banned. And so uh, thank you very much for your support. Really appreciate it. And our apprenticeship program last week went really, really well. Had a number of people attending, and it's the last Thursday of every month. This next one coming up is on arthritis and reversal. Doctorate-level education broken down to um, normal, regular people, and you're going to be learning a lot. And also, this past weekend, I did a two-hour webinar for Extreme Health Academy. And still, get on there. In Bergman 14, you get two weeks for free. So now, if you have, let's get into this. Um, Think way back, and I mean almost the way back to 2019. Okay, the world has changed. Now, every intervention that has gone forth, and we know that you can no longer say that that any current virus was just the same as the flu. If you said anything like that, you'd be wiped out. Um, if, you, if you've remembered the narrative, okay, they're going to shut down all the businesses and print money like crazy. Um, to do what? To stop uh, something no worse than the flu. Now, shutting down the economy, we now know, is destroying uh, millions of lives, okay? Uh, so have you lost faith in the one shot and done? Have you lost faith in that this um, vaccine, okay, uh, is going to protect you? We now know the number of lives. We know the leader, the, the helm of the ship, okay, Captain Fauci, uh, is probably going to be indicted for lying to Congress, so let's change the healthcare fear-based, pharmaceutical-based, outside-in intervention base. Um, it, 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 just again, we're just looking back at the last couple of years. Do you know anyone that had cancer, went through the surgery, chemo, radiation, uh, declared cancer-free, and it came back? Of course you do. Do you know anyone that's taken multiple pharmaceuticals, like for high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, uh, inflammatory bowel disease, and they still feel like shit? Yes, you do. Okay, so we have to look at this drug symptom paradigm. This is a religion, okay, and it's pharmaceutically controlled, which runs the government. So we're going to change this. It obviously has failed. Now, not only has it failed, but it has destroyed economy and destroyed lives. This is not something based in science. So here's a new healthcare model, one that will take the world back. Number one, there's a respect for an innate inborn intelligence in the body. Um, 
your body can take an apple, a banana, an orange, some celery, a, a piece of lamb, okay, and convert that, break it down to amino acids, fatty acids, and usable sugars. And you could build eye tissue and kidney tissue out of that. This is what your body does. So there is an intelligence in the body. Health is the natural state of the body. All therapies must be in harmony with functions of the body. That means anything that you do to your body that helps your body either break down nutrients, eliminate waste products, or build the, the system is good. Anything that works against that is bad. Uh, now, there's certain injectable medical procedures that um, you cannot talk about, and this is common with fascist regimes. It's totally common in totalitarian regimes where they limit speech because, I mean, in the old days, they would cut out the person's tongue because they were afraid of what that person would say. And so now they just delete you. But injectables will stop until long-term independent research is completed. All medical schools will no longer accept funding or research from the pharmaceutical industry because they are creating not real independent thinking medical doctors, but pharmaceutical PEZ dispensers. All health research will be independent that means that <laughs> they'll be funding, but not for the pharmaceutically controlled industry. And the pharmaceutical industry, which, we, which is the largest convicted felon, paid the largest fines in the world, they will actually be financially and morally responsible for all of their products. None of this emergency use authorization where they rush something through that's not tested and then we see in two years, what, 40, 45, 50 more billionaires. Um, and all humans will be able to choose any healthcare procedures. None will be forced on them. Okay, sounds good. I like that. Now let's look at Bruce Lipton. Health evolution. And I just want you to, to, to listen for a second. Quote, in the grand narrative of science found on Newtonian physics, the human being, an insignificant creature, an accidental product of chance and necessity, occupies a planet of no distinction and life, human or otherwise, is pointless. Now, when you remove, okay, now, in the new emerging grand narrative, human existence renders the universe meaningful. Removing mankind from nature you erase the perception of all its wonder, its beauty, and mystery. You are not some accident that just happened. Now, uh, and this is the majority of, of false science, okay, in, called a belief in materialism. Uh, God exists only as in human, an idea in human minds, uh, denying anything material. Everything is either material or physical. Um, facts of science are real enough, so techniques that science use, technology based on them. But the belief system that governs conventional scientific thinking is an act of faith, is. Okay, now, antiquity, and we're talking thousands of years ago. Cicero, quote, man himself came into existence for the purpose of contemplating the world. Uh, Epictetus, Epictetus. Um, quote, God introduced man to be the spectator of his works, not only a spectator of them, but an interpreter. 
so the Greek, okay, the human soul is fundamentally everything that is. Christianity, uh, every other being takes only a limited part of being, whereas the spiritual soul is capable of grasping the whole being. So, so we look at this. There's the spiritual nature to the body. Your thoughts can, can um, change your physiology. Are you ready to leave the religion of medicine? Well, let's just look at this. Okay, iatrogenic deaths. These are deaths caused by medical procedure. You're looking at nearly 800,000 a year. Um, and heart disease rates, you're looking at nearly 700,000 a year. Cancer rates, 600,000 a year. Now, this is brought to you by the current pharmaceutical-based medical system where they alter your physiology with toxic chemicals. How many times have you heard, yes, your blood pressure is normal now that you're taking these drugs? Oh, you have kidney damage, now you have to get on dialysis. Are you ready to change this allopathetic model into understanding that your body is intelligent? I mean, think back to the old days, okay? Like the old Adam model, if you were had a math book for the last 40 years, you would see this nucleus with little protons and electrons flipping around it. We now know that that doesn't exist. When you take the atom down even further, it's made of quarks, and quarks blink in and out of existence. So we're looking at pure energy that has um, odd things that happen at a small level. Um, the American medical system is the leading cause of death and injury in the United States. This was an article, okay, way back, okay, and we're talking 20 years ago by Gary Null. Uh, do you think it's increased? Yes. Uh, adverse drug reactions to prescription med, 2.2 million deaths a year. Unnecessary medical procedures, 7.5 million. Um, we're seeing that this medical system is not good for health. Now, here's the annuals of Family Medicine 2012. The changing face of chronic illness management in primary care. A qualitative study of underlying influences and unintended outcomes. Now, this the purpose of this study. Okay, recently there's been a dramatic increase in diagnosis and pharmaceutical management of chronic common critical illnesses. Using qualitative data collected in primary care clinics, we assessed how these trends play out in critical care. Conclusion. Factors promoting heavy use of pharmaceuticals, including lower diagnostic and treatment thresholds, clinician auditing and rewarding systems, and the prescribing cascade where more and more medications are prescribed to control the effects of already prescribed medications. Um, end of quote. Yeah, that's, that's our world. I mean, we can look at the University of Alabama, and they talk about how... Um, Blood pressure drugs, blood pressure drugs increase your risk of stroke. Yes, that's right. Risk of stroke goes up by about a third for each blood pressure medications. At three or more medications, you're in a 248% increase in stroke. Well, wait a second. Wait a second. I thought that blood pressure drugs were reducing stroke. No. Cholesterol-lowering drugs increase heart failure and hardening the arteries. 75% of all heart attack patients have normal to low cholesterol systems. So what is this? 
we're looking at a system that's pharmaceutically trained. I mean, Dr. Batman Gunji, and this was a brilliant doctor that came to a realization that drugs don't equate to health. And then if you're curious, uh, back in 2020, there was a number of studies um, that were showing high-dose vitamin C. We're showing um, certain therapeutics, such as hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, to be utilized. Now, these drugs have been used for 50, 60 years, um, and they're very, very safe. Um, but you couldn't talk about them. They would be wiped out. Because if there's any available therapies for any emergency declared, um, then you can't declare an emergency use authorization for experimental drugs. This is why the narrative was suppressed. So we will see the medical system uh, declared obsolete. And here's Dr. Batman Gunji. When medical doctors and all other doctors who hold the outdated, ignorant paradigm of disease coming from germs, bad luck or bad genes, will be stunned when they realize what's ahead of them. All of a sudden, they will feel naked. They will see the many years of learning and memorizing scientific jargons, all the statistical analysis for justification of treatment protocols using toxic chemicals or invasive procedures attached to the acquired skills is declared obsolete. Um, it, it just brilliant. And he, he wrote the book, Water Cures, Drug Kills. So let's look at the emotional component of, of injury. Now, there was a Japanese um, psychoneuroimmunology, or your brain can actually alter your physiology. Now, the Japanese study, 100% of these people were allergic to a plant similar to poison ivy. And what they did is they read one plant on one arm, the poison ivy plant, and just an innocuous plant on the other one. Sure enough, 100% of the kids developed poison ivy, or a reaction. However, they switched the leaves. So these children who had an allergic reaction to the plant had to suppress the reaction on one arm and initiate it or cause it to react on the other arm. There's another one out of the Journal of Scientific Exploration. Now, this was 2000. Now, in 2000, um, the, ex the, the title of the article is The Effect of Laying on of Hands on Transplanted Breast Cancer Mice. Now, what they did is they injected these mice with um, a pathogen, adenocarcinoma, guaranteed to kill 100% of the mice with between 14 and 27 days. And what they did, they just held the mouse for about an hour a day for a month. 100% of the tumors disappeared. And, and you might think, well, what do they do? They didn't do anything. They gave it to different people. They told them different stories. They didn't even have them have positive thoughts. Just holding this mouse close um, literally cured the cancer. Quote, further, without further treatment, these mouse were immune to mammary adenocarcinoma. Finally, we may conclude that we were apparently able to cure mammary adenocarcinoma in experimental mice on demand. So how does that work? If you're able to cure cancer just by touching the person, how do you make that work? 
Well, let's look at um, Mr. Omoto's. Okay, messages from water. The body is 70% water. And if you put thoughts, words, ideas, or music on water and do crystal formation, you can see a complete difference. So does that mean that if you're able to alter your emotional state, you're able to, you can affect your physical state? Absolutely. And the power to change your mindset will change your life. So this is part of the new health care. We're talking about physical, chemical, emotional stress. But the emotional aspect is never addressed. Like if we just had a patient in his early 20s, he's got some damage to his retina, and the moron doctor says, oh, it's hereditary. And I said, okay, name two people in your entire family or three people that have the exact same condition. He says, well, I have a great uncle on one side, and I have you know, somebody else on the other. And, and I said, okay, can you name 10 people that don't have it? Oh, no, I can name more than that, you know, like 30 or 40 people. You know, so what's the difference between genetic and genetic expression? The power to change your mind will change your life. Franklin Roosevelt once said, "Prisoners are men are not prisoners of fate, but prisoners of their own mind. And I'm telling you, everyone is a prisoner of their mind. Now, you can look and, and imagine if the whole world was broken up into completely positive and completely negative. And there is nothing completely positive and completely negative. I'll tell you exactly that right now. So if you look at... You know, an ex has narcissistic, assholes, rude, selfish, this, that. Okay, they're totally negative. Is that true? Or are there some positive effects? See, if you're looking at someone that's completely negative, you're blind to the positive. So mastery of the world is you understand the positive, you understand the negative, but it's like spinning the top. Mastery will see the gray, the both sides, one on top of another. And this is how you make a difference. Now, we all communicate with ourselves and others in different ways. Um, verbiage, like words, is around 7%. Voice qualities is 38%. And physiology is around 55%. Now, communication with yourself, and I love this Louise Hayes quote, be careful how you're talking to yourself because you are listening. <laughs> now, self-talk. Think of this. Every time you say, you know, I suck at everything I do. I'm in constant pain. Uh, people are this. And he is that. She is that. Okay? This is creating a chemical assault on your brain. Now, when you have certain thoughts and feelings like surprise, amused, satisfied, warm, delighted, those thoughts... Um, create neurons to fire, those create a chemical production, and those you body experiences. So if I say happy, tranquil, open, ecstatic, those are certain thoughts. And again, if you're thinking anxiety, stress, aggravated, heartbroken, overwhelmed, stressed out, frustrated, those thoughts and feelings create neuronal firings, which create chemical production, which creates your body's experience. So there's a method um, called nonviolent communication of listening beyond the words. Now, this is huge by Marshall Rosenberg. 
um, I totally, totally um, hope that you'll all get a chance to read this. Now, I've purchased probably um, 50 of this guy's books, if not more. And it all has to do with um, approaching life without judgment. And I know that sounds odd, but if you're not getting your needs met, okay, you're not going to have a good life experience. And this nonviolent communication involves observations. Now, observation is um, being aware of something without judgment. And what does that mean? So if you say, look, that person's an, an ass, that person's an alcoholic, that person's rude, that person's selfish, a narcissist, whatever, you're putting a label on that person, and that's going to limit your body, your, your ability to connect with that person. Observation, feeling, needs, and request. Feelings, what you're feeling, not you bastard, you made me feel this way. No. I'm feeling frustrated. I'm feeling angry. And this, this we're going to get into this a bit, too. Now, needs need to be clear and concise. If you're going to express your needs to people that you've had a challenge with, it's going to be hard for you to hear them and them to hear you. And then a request. People typically only want to communicate please or thank you. Now, the tough part is this. If you've ever said, oh, that person makes me so angry, or you treat me like shit, or it hurts me when you say this, Okay, it's a violent act to imply that others can say something that can hurt you. So it's really your perception of what's going on. It's your perception of this act. So somebody, I mean, believe me, if you've known, if you've known how many times I've been called anytime I talk, speak against uh, on personal health and against forced medical procedures, um, I, believe me, people go after me. So imagine if you thought the two most dangerous words are deserve and should, like they deserve to be punished, or they deserve to be rewarded, or you should be living this way, you shouldn't be dressed that way, you should be doing, should, and I like the way Marshall puts it, is you shouldn't be shouldn't on yourself, okay? Because you're living towards other people's values. So what is your value? And how we got to this, you're looking at thousands and thousands of years of training. So we're literally trained to respond to the world in a certain fashion. And that's, that's a challenge. Like, like think at how many times um, you've been uh, punished for acting out or slapped. Like when you see somebody in line of a, of a supermarket and they're literally slapping their child. They're slapping the child in order to teach the child. Now, obviously, you know, teaching the child out of anger is not going to be as effective. It can damage the child's psyche. It can do a lot of things negative. So there are, there are um, better, healthier alternatives that you can talk with and, and you can teach except we're generally not taught on how to communicate. And that's, that's why I love the nonviolent communication. Now, there, he uses two um, 
uh, puppets. One's a giraffe, and a giraffe has the largest heart in the animal kingdom. The other is a jackal, and the jackal responds violently and quickly right away. When you're giving advice, and this is the tough part, when you're giving advice to someone, like let's say you see him wearing a mask. Like the other day, I was in the store, a young 20-something-year-old kid, he was wearing two giant fabric masks. And I said, wow, you have two masks on. And he said, yep, I sure do. And I said, you know, I have some information that that um, might change your opinion of those masks if you'd be um, open to it. No, I'm not. I, I've covered with my mind. And I'm going, what? He said, no, he's not. And I said, okay, okay, cool. Um, you know, so you got to ask permission. It's like I had some patients today sitting in here. One of them was wearing a mask. And, you know, I have some information that you might not be aware of. Would you be interested in it? And when they say yes, yeah, bam, then that's your your input. That's how you can get in and talk to them. Biggest thing with, with nonviolent communication is criticize, blame, and judgment. Okay, um, when you say, he insulted me, she's a narcissist, he's rude, um, my brother makes me angry, okay, you're not going to hear, um, when you're listening through nonviolent communication, all you're going to hear is please or thank you. So when someone says, you never listen, they want to they be heard. When they think you're rude or she's rude, um, it means that their need for connection isn't being met. When you say you don't care, okay, and how many times have you been involved in an argument where you say, yes, of course I care, of course I care, okay, you don't care. What kind of thing do you think this person is not being met? Well, they're probably not, um, you're not, there's not a connection there. That's why they might think that you're not caring. They're, the, um, maybe they don't feel heard. Okay, so there's going to be certain things, but this criticism, judgment that people put before others limits how you're going to get that connection. Now, um, we're going to run through a bunch of this tonight, such as uh, observation. And this is one of the hardest things to um, get, let's say, observation without uh, judgment is probably the, the hardest thing that you're going to learn to do on this. So observation is just what you see, what you taste, what you touch, um, your thoughts, just the facts, just the facts. Like if you say, uh, you're too sensitive, okay, really, that's judging how a person is either right or wrong. Okay, yeah, his big mouth, he talks too much, too little. Okay, observation with, without um, description is hugely important. Judgment, judgment we've needed because it's necessary for survival. Is this alleyway safe or can I walk down it? Um, this person coming towards, toward me, are they a danger? But when you do judgments like um, the, the, he or she is a narcissist, they're lazy, they're wonderful, they're generous, picky, they're an asshole, they're shallow, they're selfish, all of these judgments put a limit. They limit our connection, they limit our communication, they limit our hearing. 
And behind every feeling, every feeling, there's a need. There's a need that's either being met or not being met. And this is one of the keys to communication, is understanding that behind every feeling there is a need. Now, we're going to go through a number of different, when your needs are being met, you're feeling friendly, interested, stimulated, amused, vibrant. When your needs aren't being met, edgy, fidgety, bewildered, aggravated, heartbroken. Okay, and there's a lot of others. And your needs um, and the way you can decipher them will help transcend uh, culture. I mean, it's gonna, you're going to literally get your life to be enriched if you can find a way to express your needs. And we're going go, to go over these needs uh, tonight and how to express them. Because when you're understanding that your emotions and you are in charge of your emotions, you are in charge of your emotions, not anybody else's actions around you. And you're the one that can decide to be angry, sad, joyous, pissed off, wonderful, um, respected, disrespected. Any of those emotions are going to be chemicals that secrete from your brain that alter your physiology. Nonviolent communication is one way to develop a connection so that you can, um, you can not be separated from others. Because a lot of feelings of anxiety and stress, of fami family interactions, of work interactions, they're based on miscommunication and judgment. And Nonviolent Communication by Marshall Rosenberg, I completely recommend a thousandfold. And the way that you reprogram your brain is through repetition, repetition, repetition. And the more you can do that, that learning and repetition will reprogram your subconscious and alter your physiology. Then we're going to change the healthcare system. Care system is going to be incorporating your natural physiology, your freedom of choice, emotion, physical, and chemical stressors, and help your body to adapt. And this is going to be the new healthcare model. It won't be uh, chemically based. <laughs> so we're going to take back this world because people have definitely lost their, um, the, their faith in the religion of medicine. This is Dr. John Bergman. God bless you, and I love you.